This is a GRDC podcast. Subsurface acidity, that is, the acidification of soil below 10 centimetres, is a significant and increasing problem for Australian cropping systems. Here in South Australia, most of the 4.4 million hectares of agricultural land is already affected by acidity or is prone to develop it over the next decade. But there is help at hand, with multiple GRDC, state and federal government research investments in recent years to address this widespread problem. Really, we're trying to raise awareness of the fact that acidity is developing in our subsurface layers and it's mostly gone undetected and untreated and that's a really costly scenario because it's much better to prevent subsurface acidity than it is to treat it afterwards. That's Dr Melissa Fraser. She's a soil consultant with Primary Industries and Region South Australia, PERSA. Melissa is at the forefront of research on subsurface acidity and in this podcast she gives us an update on the current understanding and advice on addressing this important issue. We caught up at the 2020 Grains Research Update event in Adelaide. Subsurface acidity can be driven either by the expansion of surface acidity, so if you've got um, acidity developing in the surface layers of soil and you haven't diagnosed it and you're not treating it, then that band of acidity can extend below 10 centimetres. Predominantly in our current farming systems, um, acidification is driven by the use of nitrogen fertilisers and particularly ammonium-based fertilisers. So when you apply those forms of fertiliser to the soil, they get converted into nitrate and in the process they release um, hydrogen ions acidifying the soil. Now that's fine as long as all of that nitrogen is taken up by the crop, which releases hydroxyl ions and so it, it neutralises out the acidity caused by that conversion. But if you're in a high rainfall environment or if you're producing too much nitrate more before the crop can use it, the nitrate can get leached and lost from the system and that neutralisation doesn't occur and hence um, we acidify the soils from the use of the, the um, nitrogen fertiliser. The other one really is through product removal. So ordinarily most of our um, biomass on the surface of soils would naturally be returned into the soil and they have an, an alkalising or neutralising effect on soils because they're alkaline. If we take off our grain and particularly if we take off hay we're removing that alkaline component and hence acidification occurs and isn't treated as well. So if those two things are happening in, in our systems, which we know they are, and they go and acidity is um, increasing in the soil, if we don't diagnose, like I said, diagnose and treat that, it can extend into the subsoil. But we also know that um, acidification in the subsoil can be driven by, um, particularly by legumes. So legumes also release acid as they are taking up nutrients. Incorporating legumes into your cropping program can actually also contribute some acidification into the subsurface layers that might not have been there before. How low can the pH go before it becomes a problem for cropping? So there's two tests that are done at the lab if you send a soil test off. Um, one's measured in, in water and one's measured in calcium. And the calcium value will always be lower than the test result measured in water. So our recommendations are always to use the pH and calcium value. So in the surface layers we want to keep that above 5.5 and in the subsurface layers we want to keep it above 4.8. Now those are our critical values because we know that if the pH in the surface drops below 5.5 then we're going to be acidifying our, lo our lower um, horizons and it's much much harder to treat acidity than it is to prevent it. And once we get below 4.8 in the subsurface, uh, the other trouble is aluminium can come into solution. So aluminium from our soil constituents like clays and also that are bound up in our organic materials in soils, that can come into solution and it's very toxic to plant roots. Are there some species that are more prone to the toxicity? Certainly we know that um, 
uh, our legumes are more more sensitive to pH variation than our cereals. Um, so the most tolerant, I guess, legume is lupins. So it can tolerate a lower pH, a little bit more acidity. Um, and then we go to wheat and then barley is starting to get quite sensitive. And then we get to beans, lentils, which are all very, very sensitive to pH and to aluminium. And that's where we really start to see yield decline in those crops when the pH drops below 4.8. So how can growers know if there is a subsurface problem? How important is soil testing? Well, soil testing is really important, but the crucial part is that you, you sample at the right depths. And the only way to know that is to really get out in the paddock and start digging some holes. So we absolutely recommend that if you're seeing, you know, I talked about the species before that are really sensitive to low pH. So in your um, in your legume crops, in your lentils or beans um, or chickpeas, if you're starting to see patches that aren't performing well, get out there in season, dig a hole with a shovel and use some pH indicator solution which you can pick up from the hardware shop or a plant nursery and apply that straight down the soil profile and you'll look at that will show you the pH and the colour change as you go down the profile and you might see one of these discrete bands, a really uh, bright green or yellow colour in the subsurface layers. If you look at that and you look at where the roots are growing as well, it will soon tell you whether um, acidity is a problem. So what you want to do from that is then is then select and sample um, appropriately for where that band of acidity occurs. So um, if we don't get those depths right, then we can actually mask a pH problem. So commonly in our soils, you'll find that the surface layers, so up to five centimetres, will be more neutral to alkaline. And then as we go below that depth, that's where acidity can become a problem. But our traditional soil sampling um, is for fertility, mostly. And so we, we generally take a zero to 10 centimetre sample for that. So if we had an alkaline surface and acidity at 10 centimetres and we mix that sample up and send it to the lab, we're going to come back with a result that isn't going to cause you any alarm. You think, oh no, my pH is fine. But really you've got this um, stratified profile that's more alkaline at the surface. It becomes increasingly acidic. So it's really important that we sample appropriately. So if that was the case, you'd take probably a zero to five centimetre sample and then you'd sample in 10 centimetre increments below that, five to 15 and a 15 to 25 composites across a paddock. Send them to the lab and you'd want to get that pH in water and pH in calcium measured. You'd also look for aluminium, so you'd request the aluminium test and you want to know what the buffering capacity is as well so that you can make good lime um, rate recommendations. So that involves measuring the organic carbon and also um, getting an assessment of the soil texture. So you would recommend people sample from the poor performing areas of their paddock and also in the stronger performing areas? Absolutely yep and so you know an NDVI map um, in crop particularly in a legume phase will show um, some of that variability um, or if they've got it a yield map off the header as well as it would um, provide a really good indication after harvest to go back and where to sample some of those areas just to get a feel for what it is that's driving that change in productivity. What's the latest research telling us in terms of liming? Well we know that lime moves very slowly in most soils. Um, it'll be a bit faster in a sandy soil than it will in a clay but rough rule of thumb is that lime's only going to move at about one centimetre a year in a natural system. So if we've got a subsurface issue and we know we do across most of the southern region you know in that sort of 10 to 15 centimetre layer it's going to take between best case scenario about four years to get it to 10 centimetres and in the worst about 15. So um, again if we worked on that rough rule of thumb of one centimetre it's going to take you 10 years to get your lime there. So we know too that um, that again we get that really alkaline layer at the surface because of uh, the breakdown of organic materials so as the pH is higher in the surface that actually um, you know stops the dissolution of, uh, of the lime as well so really we, the best chance you're going to have of getting your lime to work and dissolve is to put it 
um, where the major problem is. Now applying lime to the subsoil um, is difficult and costly so the best thing to do is to put it on the surface and then incorporate it um, in some way using uh, a cultivation technique that doesn't um, cause too much of a physical or a mental um, load on the farmer because of course we've done a great job of adopting no-till practices which has been great for a whole heap of um, soil fertility measures but when it comes to treating subsurface acidity this is one of those cases where um, strategic cultivation um, really should be considered. And while we're on that topic what are some examples of this strategic cultivation? I guess in a sandy soil we've got more options than we do in our clays. Um, so things like a rotary spader, so if we um, applied lime to the surface and then we were going to incorporate it, um, a rotary spader is a good way um, to do that. We can overcome multiple constraints at the same time, so if water repellence is an issue um, or some compaction in the subsurface, um, uh, you could use a spader. Um, one-way plough, modified one-way plough, um, often known as a plaza plough, um, is also effective at incorporating surface materials um, but it tends to scallop the soil rather than mix. Um, deep ripping can be used if you've got again some deeper and compaction layers but it doesn't do a great job of mixing the surface layers so um, it would only be used if you were trying to treat some other constraints as well and an inclusion plate behind the ripping tine would help to actually get some greater disturbance across the surface. Offset discs are the other option um, if you still had an old set laying around in the in the shed somewhere or um, an old cultivator um, I guess the size of those discs is going to determine how deep you can incorporate too. So if that um, acidity is really in the surface layers, then um, then you can get away with, I guess, a, a more of a shallow um, cultivation. But if, it, if acidity really is extending to 30 centimetres or, or you know, below 15 centimetres, then I guess the more aggressive form of cultivation you use um, is going to have a better job at incorporating that lime. But it does also come with more risk, so you need to consider you know, erosion risk after um, the pass and, uh, and, and I guess the timeliness of that operation um, before sowing or before some opening rain so that you can minimise those risks. But again, I'd be recommending that you, um, you characterise all of the constraints that might be present in your soil, so water repellents, um, acidity, compaction and any other nutrient deficiencies that might occur as well so that you can top up with some um, strategic fertilisers at the same time and get those incorporated into the soil. Um, when it comes to our clays, we know that um, cultivating deep is gonna, <laughs> it's just going to use a lot of horsepower and possibly break things. So I guess um, traditional approaches more like the offsets um, are probably going to be used. And what do we know so far in terms of liming rates to address subsoil acidity? We know that we have some rough rules of thumb that we follow. Um, so to raise the pH by one unit, um, so for, say from 4.5 to 5.5, um, in a sandy soil, um, the rough rule of thumb is two tonnes of lime. In a, a sandy loam, it's three tonnes of lime. And in a clay loam, it's four tonnes of lime per hectare for that one unit increase. So we know that um, the heavier the soil type, the more lime you need to get that change in pH. When we get into subsurface layers though, um, it's really important that you know, again, what the clay content is and, and the organic um, carbon content, so the buffering capacity. Because in our sandy soils, we see that buffering capacity drop. So we actually need less lime to adjust the pH in subsurface layers than we do in the surface layers. But at the moment, we don't have any calculators or decision support tools to help um, farmers and advisors um, to come up with those rates and what they mean. And again, this will be something that we'll be testing in this new project um, and developing um, to help people make the right decisions so that we're not um, over or under applying lime. 
How important is lime quality when it comes to determining rates? So those rough rules of thumb that I mentioned, is that's based on um, 100% pure calcium carbonate. But we know that our carbonate sources or our lime sources in South Australia um, vary depending on um, how that limestone was deposited and formed. So generally, most of our sources in South Australia will have more than 60% calcium carbonate and they can go, their purity can increase right up to um, 100%, if you like. So it's important that you know um, where your product is coming from and how much actual calcium carbonate is contained in that because if, you've, if, the, if there's less than 100% um, purity, then you need to increase the rate of lime to get the same results. Um, So the other thing that's important is the particle size. So the smaller the particles, the faster they're going to react in the soil. So when you um, are going to make a lime um, purchasing decision, um, you can request a a lime test from from each of the suppliers that that are in your area so that you can assess the the quality of that product, um, how pure it is, and also its particle size, which will tell you the effective neutralising value. Ideally, you'd be looking for a neutralising value greater than 80%. And you can look at two different sources and say, okay, well, one product might be closer and so the transport cost is lower, but the, um, it might not be as pure, so its neutralising value is, is uh, lower, so you'll need more product uh, versus a, a product which might be a bit further away but actually has a higher neutralising value so you can use less of it. And we've got some decision support tools that can help um, growers um, uh, plug in those different scenarios so that they're making the right, um, the right decisions around where to purchase their lime from. What are those decision support tools? So the one I was referring to is LimeCheck and it's available um, on the Agex Alliance website on their soil acidity page. Where to next in terms of research on this issue? So really our gaps in knowledge at the moment are uh, the lime rates that we need to treat a subsurface issue versus a surface issue. We, we know what we need to do in the surface layers, but when it comes to that surface, subsurface layer where um, the buffering capacity is different, um, we need to be confident with the rate recommendations that we're making. So we need to trial those in a range of different soil types and also these incorporation methods that are suited to our soils as well. So that's where we'll be going. That's where farmers can look out for those trials in their regions across the state over the next few years and certainly get in contact with myself if they'd like to see something um, or, or got some particular questions relevant to their soils. What are your key messages to growers on this topic? The key message really is that we know we've got acidity. It's usually not uniform. Uh, So that means you need to find it, go looking for it in the right places. Um, Sample accordingly at the right depths in the profile. Um, The rate of lime and its quality matters and incorporation counts. So um, those are the things that I've been encouraging farmers and their advisors to really work together on um, to explore acidity in their systems and the impact it's having on their bottom line. That was Persa's soil consultant, Dr Melissa Fraser, speaking about the latest research and understanding on subsurface acidity. The GRDC update paper referred to in this podcast can be found in the description box. More information on this topic can be found online either at grdc.com.au or acidsoilssa.com.au. I'm Hilary Sims. Thanks for listening.